Good morning. Hey, I have a quiz to begin with. Hey, Tim, can the kids stay in for like five minutes to help their parents with the quiz? Do you need the five minutes? It's a... All right, all right. Look, we're going to play a quiz that is sweeping the nation. I think the kids might actually be a help to you people this morning. It is called Name That Donkey. Are you ready? Name That Donkey. Here's the quiz. Here's your first donkey to name. Who is that? Eeyore. Eeyore, right. The original, I think Winnie the Pooh originally had some connotations of mental health. Tigger was like ADHD. Eeyore was mildly depressed. Do you know what I mean? That's Eeyore. Here's the second donkey. Who knows what donkey that is? Anybody? That is an original shot of Balaam's donkey. How many people remember Balaam's donkey from the, uh, from the scriptures, right? Balaam was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he, uh, he was bribed by this king to put a curse on the Israelites um, so he could defeat them in battle. And if you know the story, um, they went down there, and, and Balaam is leading this, or this donkey is actually walking in front of Balaam, and the donkey stops in its tracks and won't move, right? And it's because an angel of the Lord is in front of this donkey, right? But, but Balaam couldn't see the donkey, the angel of the Lord, so he starts beating this donkey, and he beats the donkey, and it happens twice more. The donkey stops, and he beats the donkey like, get out of the way. And the donkey then speaks out loud, and he says this. Look what it says. There it is. Then the Lord gave the donkey the what? It's a talking donkey. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times, it asked Balaam. Look, you have made me look like a... Don't say it like that. Balaam shouted, if I had a sword with me, I would kill you. The donkey says back, but I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life. The donkey answered, have I ever done anything like this? And the answer was, no, Balaam admitted. No, you haven't. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand, right? And Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. This is a talking donkey. It's nobody, maybe it's because we're desensitized. Uh, speaking of a talking donkey, who knows what donkey this is? Right. Well, that's good for 10 shillings, if you can prove it. Oh, I'd go ahead, old fella. Well? Oh, he's just, he's just a little nervous. He's really quite a chatterbox. Talk, you boneheaded dog. That's it. Talk. I've heard enough. Guards! No, no, he talks. He does. I can talk. I'd love to talk. I... Get her out of my sight. No, no, I swear. Oh, he can talk. Hey, I can fly! He can fly! He can fly! He can talk! <laughs> That's right, fool! Now I'm a flying talking donkey! You might have seen a house fly, maybe even a super fly, but I bet you ain't never seen a donkey fly! <laughs> uh -oh. What's the name of that donkey? Donkey, it Shrek's noble, Shre uh, noble steed. And in the morning, I'm making waffles. Oh, where are the kids? I need the kids. Let me give you this donkey. Anybody know who this donkey is? That's the overworked donkey. Look at that donkey. I found that image on the internet. I just love that. That donkey's like, what's up with that, right? How about this one? Kids, help your parents. What is it? 
What's his name? Bo. Bo. Boaz from the movie The Star. That is a donkey from The Star. How about this one? From every party you've ever had. Pin the tail on the donkey. It's pin the tail on the donkey. And then this one, which maybe you've never seen before, but does anyone know who that donkey is? That is the Budweiser donkey. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me show you. Since I was born, I dreamed of being a Budweiser Clydesdale. Only problem is, I was born a donkey. So all my life, I practiced the Clydesdale walk and the Clydesdale pull. I even tried hair extensions on my lower legs. And then came my big interview. They looked me in the eye and said, what makes you think you can be a Clydesdale, son? And what was my answer? must have said something, right? <laughs> Kids, now you can go to children's church. I just thought I'd share a little something with the kids this morning. Yeah. I got one more donkey in your donkey quiz. Does anybody know what donkey this donkey is? This is Jesus' donkey. Jesus' donkey. We're gonna t- I, this morning, I want to tell you a simple story about a donkey from Palm Sunday. A donkey that would prepare the way for Easter. And we're going to see what we can learn from a donkey. But here's the first thing you need to know about Jesus' donkey on Palm Sunday. Ready? If you've got your notes, follow along with me. It's Jesus had a plan for this donkey. Jesus had a plan for the donkey. Matthew 21 One through five, we see it this way on Palm Sunday. It says, as Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. And as soon as you enter it, you will see a what? A donkey donkey, tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say, what are we supposed to say? Lord needs them. Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to what? Fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is what? Humble. And he is riding on a? Riding on a? This donkey in this story had been planned for for over 500 years. Let that sink in for a second. 500 years. Literally, 500 years earlier, God had put into a plan to have that donkey sitting at that corner, tied to that railing, and he told the prophet Zechariah 500 years earlier. Listen to what Zechariah wrote down. You can see it here. It says, this is from 500 years earlier in the Old Testament. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem, which they would be shouting soon. Look, your king is coming to you. He is what? Righteous, and what else? Yet he is also, he's humble. 
riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. 500 years earlier, God had planned for this moment, right? And I imagine that as that donkey was being born, maybe just a few years earlier as that donkey was being born, that God was watching in a stable somewhere going, that's the donkey. That's the one. That's the one that is going to carry my son into Jerusalem. That's the donkey. Now here's the question, and it's sort of a simple question this morning. Do you ever stop to wonder if maybe 500 years ago God was thinking about you? 500 years ago, did God have a plan for you? Did God have a plan for me 500 years ago? Is it possible that God 500 years ago said, I've got some special things that I am planning for Steve and only Steve can do. He's the only one I'm going to put in the right place at the right time tied to the right railing. Centuries in advance, things only I could do. Maybe some things only you could do. Reserved for me, reserved for you. You know, as Glenn was talking, I think, what about this church? What about this church? What about First Baptist Church of Lodi? Is it possible that 500 years ago, 500 years ago in this valley, what was it? It was bison grazing and elk wandering around, right? But God knew that on this site, in this place, he was going to put a church. And he, he knew 500 years ago that he was going to have you sitting here this morning in church. Right here. I mean, is it possible that God knew that? 25 years ago, there wasn't a church here. This was an empty lot. Do people know this? I drove by, Glenn was talking about the old church. I drove by the old church yesterday, and the last of the old church is completely leveled. And, 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 and there was nothing there 500 years ago. Right? But here's the thing. Is it possible that you are not here by accident this morning? That you are not an accident today? Listen to what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. I love this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for what? Good and not for? To give you a? And what else? Now, people love this verse. And if you know me, I have railed about this verse over and over again. Because if you don't know the story, Hobby Lobby really loves this verse. Do you know what I'm talking about? It is on mugs, it's on cross stitch, it's on shiplap farm style signs, it's everywhere. But if you really know the story of Jeremiah 29 11, right, you know that this is not all sunshines and roses, right? This is, this is a verse that God's people have been disobedient flat out and they are being punished. They are being sent into exile in Babylon. And, and the prophet Jeremiah is basically saying, better get comfortable, you're going to be here a while. You're going to be here for 70 years. For 70 years, you're going to be in exile. And most of the Israelites who were shipped off to Babylon would never come back. They would die there. It would be their kids and their grandkids that would come home. And the plan wasn't for them that he's talking about here. The plan he was talking about was for their kids and for their grandkids. Here's the point of that verse and all of this. God has a plan. God always has a plan. I get so worked up when my plans are not working out. Do you get worked up when your plans are not working out? But God always has a plan, and his plan is always, no one and nothing gets in the way of God's plans. And God had a plan for this little donkey 500 years in advance. And even if it's 500 years from now, God has a plan. And I would tell you that if God cared that much about a donkey, he cares that much about you. He's got a plan for you. Now catch this. The donkey was placed right there to fulfill the plan. 
He was placed right there to fulfill the plan. Matthew 21, 6 continues. It says this. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. By the way, anybody else doing the math on your head for this? Jesus tells his disciples to go steal a donkey. Does anybody know? That's what's happening here. He says, go find this donkey, right? And it's, it should be, a, can you imagine the, the disciples walking through the town like, there's a donkey, we're supposed to steal a donkey. It should be tied up here somewhere. And they see the donkey and they go, I guess that's the donkey. Should we untie? Can you imagine them looking around like, is the owner of the donkey here? Because the Lord needs it. Then the Lord, Lord needs it. Lord needs it. I just picture them like they're driving through the streets of Lodi looking to steal catalytic converters. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like they, are, they are stealing a donkey. And, and they grab this donkey. And you think to yourself, well, God had placed this donkey there specifically. 500 years he'd made plans for that donkey to be there. And, and you think to yourself, why would God use a donkey? And we see it in the text, right? We see it in the text is that it's this humble donkey, right? But why would God choose a donkey. I mean, Jesus could have rid into Jerusalem on a white stallion. You know what I'm talking about? Jesus could have rode into Jerusalem on a camel with like crushed purple velvet hanging from the camel. Right? That would have been a sight. But he comes into Jerusalem riding on the back of a donkey that's never been ridden before. And I think, why? And I got to ask this question about why, why, why me? Why here? Why now? Do you ever ask that question about your life? Like, why? Why me? Why here? Why now? Why Lodi? Anybody else not know how you ended up in Lodi? Some of you grew up here. I know you legacy people. You knew you were going to be here. But some of us are like, how did I end up in Lodi? I don't know how it happened, right? Uh, When I was five years old, I did not think I will be pastoring and preaching in Lodi, California. I just, I didn't, I didn't, I had heard the Creedence Clearwater song, but I didn't know where it was, right? What am I doing here? How did I get here, right? I didn't think I'd be here at all. Even just a few years ago, I had no idea I would be back here. I thought Lodi was in my rear view. I did have no idea God was going to call me back here to pastor and to preach here. And this little church, this church that we sit in today, like, it makes no sense. Glenn gave you the history, right? It started with a little group of German immigrants from the Dakotas who came out to California, which, by the way, nobody blames people from North Dakota coming to California, amen? Right? They, they, they're in California, and they established this tiny little church. And if you don't know the history of this church, this church, First Baptist Church of Lodi, is the granddaddy of about 40 different churches throughout Northern California. Every Northern California church in our association of churches can trace their lineage back to this church that planted churches that then planted churches. There are 40 different churches because some German immigrants came back. And I think to myself... God knew all of that and had a plan for it and placed those people right here. And he's placed you and he's placed me right here, right now in Lodi. Now listen, I don't have any idea what tomorrow brings. I don't know how long God will keep me here. I don't know how long he will have me serve. I don't know what that looks like. But here's what I do know. Right here, right now, I'm, I'm here and God has placed me here and he's called me here and I'm, supposed, I'm part of his plan for whatever is happening right here, and so are you. 
God put us together in the Central Valley of California for some reason. I know you're planning to move to Tennessee or Texas, but at the end of the day, we are right here, right now, right where we're supposed to be, placed where God has placed us. Right? And so we will serve in that way. Listen to what it says in John 15. John 15, it says this. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you. I appointed you to go and to produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Jesus chose you. He chose you. And Jesus had a plan for that little donkey, that donkey that was placed right there, right then, to fulfill that plan. And that donkey's most important job, the most important job that donkey had is this. It's simple. That donkey's purpose was to make Jesus more visible. That's his entire job, make Jesus more visible. Let's read the rest of the story there. It says, most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. (laughs) And Jesus was where? He was in the center of the procession. And the people all around him were shouting. What were they shouting? Praise God God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. What did they say? Praise God God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. What did they say? Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it is who? Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. That little donkey created a one-man parade. And the people gathered around to get a look at the guy riding on the donkey. How many people love parades? You know, Thanksgiving, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, you watch it on TV. I've always wondered what it would be like to live in New York City and have that be a part of your, you go down to the parade. But we've got local parades, right? I mean, New Year's Parade in in, uh, uh, Southern California, the Tournament of Roses Parade down there, Right? We've seen those parades. One of my favorite parades in Lodi is the Parade of Lights. How many people love the Parade of Lights? Like people come out, and what I love about a parade is this, is is you come out to the parade, people stake out space for the parade like days in advance. Do you know what I'm talking about? They put out their lawn chairs with like security guards sitting there, and they're like, they've got it staked out, they've got tape around it and all that other kind of stuff, right? And, 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 and they'll pay a kid to sit there and watch it, right? So they have a prime spot during the parade. And, and how many people remember when your kids were young? Is there a kid? I need a volunteer kid. I need a kid. Uh, okay. Are you wearing a dress? It won't work. I need a kid. There we go, my friend. Come on up here. What did we do when we had kids and we showed up to the parade? What was the first thing we did? Right? We put them up on the shoulders. And what is the reason that we do that? So they can see. So he's up there looking at and and you can see what's coming in the parade. See it? Because here's the crazy thing. Jesus is coming. Hey, this is that Jesus guy, the one they've been talking about. Jesus, yeah, it's excited about Jesus. This is the guy that fed, he fed like 15,000 people. Did you hear that story? 
I'm telling you, this is the guy. A little something for you? Okay, good. This is the Jesus guy who healed, who brought Lazarus back from the dead. This is the same guy. It's Jesus. I'm telling you, there's a lot going on up there, isn't there? Yeah, I got you. It's Jesus. This is the guy that preached in front of those thousands of people. It's, can you see him? Here's the thing that I've ready. Here we go. We're going to stick the dismount. One, two, three. Yeah, give him a hand. I got to be honest with you, that couldn't have gone any better. <laughs> I do need you for next service. Let's talk. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Here's the thing I've never seen in a parade. I've never seen a parade for one person. Never seen it. Even when you see like a, a championship parade for a baseball team or whatever, there's buses of the team coming down the street. Sure, there may be a superstar who's going to speak, but it's always for a group of people or for the community. I have never seen a parade for just one person, and I'm trying to picture standing on the streets in Jerusalem as Jesus and Jesus alone comes walking down the center of the street on a donkey, and people are squeezing and pushing in to get a look at Jesus. And people are laying their coats down. Has anybody ever seen what horses do on a parade route? You do not want to lay your coats down, but they didn't care. They put their coats down. They put palm branches down, and Jesus is entering the city, and all the way along this route, a little donkey is sitting at the center of this, and he has one simple job. It's to make Jesus more visible so everyone can see Jesus. Let me give you the very simple message of today. Our job, my only job, is to make Jesus more visible. That's the only thing God has asked me to do, is to make Jesus more visible. In everything I do, in everything I am, I am supposed to make Jesus more visible to a world that is lost and doesn't see him clearly. So the question for you is, and the only question today is, are you willing to make an, a donkey, what'd you think I was going to say, of yourself? Are you willing to step into that role? My only job is to make Jesus known. My only job is to make Jesus visible. My only job is to make Jesus go viral in our generation. That's my only job. Now, next weekend is Easter. And I don't know about you. Maybe it's because I'm a pastor. Maybe it's because I'm a nerd. Maybe it's because I love Jesus. But Easter, I get so fired up for Easter. And I'll tell you why. Easter is a season where people are actually looking for Jesus. Right now, people are seeing Jesus in the movie theaters. He's on the billboard up there, Jesus Revolution. Right? Je people are seeing Jesus streaming. The Chosen is, is out there. In fact, I'm dropping some new episode on Easter of Jesus walking on water. And I'm like, that's cool. And, and we were walking through Walmart last night, my wife and I, and she's all, look at this. And she looked, there was a Newsweek and a National Geographic. They both have headlines about Jesus. Does anybody notice that? At Easter, every single year, there are magazines at the newsstand that talk about Jesus and talk about Easter right next to the Reese's chocolate eggs. I have no idea why. 
But they are right there. People are asking about Easter. And I wonder what God had planned 500 years in advance for us this Easter. I wonder what God is planning to do in this building next, e- this, next week this time. What is he going to do? Because Easter is the biggest Sunday of the year. The place will be packed. We're going to add an extra service during the 945 hour, right? People will be willing to come at this time that aren't willing to come other times. It's the biggest, by the way, it's the biggest Sunday of the year. It's the biggest holiday in the Christian year. You think Christmas is important? Christmas don't matter unless there's an empty tomb. Nobody cares about Christmas if there isn't an empty tomb. And there is an empty tomb. And I wonder how God is going to use me this Easter. I wonder how God is going to use you this Easter. And I wonder how God is going to use us this Easter. Do you know that this is the time of year people are most open to being invited to church? They are most, one in four people who seldom or never go to church say they would attend church on Easter Sunday. 25% of the people that you might ask would be willing to come. And here's the funny thing. The reason that most people say they have never come to a church and haven't experienced new life in Christ, when they're asked why, the answer that they give is, no one ever asked me. Nobody ever asked. Nobody ever invited me. And so I want to give you a challenge to make a difference in the life of somebody this year. I want you to invite someone to Easter next week. Maybe for the first time. Maybe it's for the first time in a long time. Maybe it's for... uh, Maybe it's someone who needs Jesus that absolutely doesn't have him. Maybe it's somebody who needs to find their faith or find their faith again, right? Rediscover their faith. What if God, in advance, 500 years from now, or 500 years from... this next Sunday, had planned for you to have a special interaction on Easter Sunday. Maybe it's with a four-year-old. Maybe it's with a 14-year-old, a 24-year-old, a 44-year-old, an 84-year-old. But God has some special interaction that he's planned for you. And if you aren't there, tied to that railing, ready to be used, it won't happen. Our job and my job, God has already prepared Easter for I'm getting so excited about Easter. i got to be honest with you. God has already prepared it for us, and all we have to do is let him untie the knot and let Jesus climb on our back and make him more visible. And that leads me to? So what, Steve? What do I do with this? How do I? Well, honestly, I'm going to put a challenge to you to be used this Easter. I want you to be used. And and I want you to step into that. And I don't have any idea what that's going to look like because you'll have to show up next week to find out what God's going to do. But I am getting so excited about Easter. If you don't know, our Easter service is already, we have dozens of people lined up to be baptized next weekend. Yeah, yeah. And, and get this, I don't know who else God is prompting to be baptized next weekend. We're having a baptism class right after this service. And if God has been moving in you and stirring in you and it's time for you to go public with your faith, you need to get baptized next weekend. What is God preparing for us next East, this next Sunday? I don't know. But here's what I do know. I do know the so what of Palm Sunday. It's crazy to me, but these crowds that gathered and they were laying palm branches and their own jackets on the ground In just a few days, they would turn their backs on Jesus and they would shout, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Get this. The crowds went from shouting, Hosanna, to crucify. They went from shouting, Hosanna, 
to shouting crucify. Matthew 27 says it this way. Pilate responded. You know the scene, they're at the trial. Then what should I do with who? Jesus, who is called the Messiah. They shouted back what? I love Pilate. Why? Why, Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared what? And what did they roar? Crucify him. Crucify him. They went from shouting Hosanna, which literally means save us, save us please, save us now, to crucify him, which is kill him, kill him, kill him now. In just a few days. I don't know, uh, many times around this time of the year, I will force myself to watch The Passion of the Christ. How many, how many people know what I'm talking about? Because I have to force myself to watch that movie. It is so brutal to watch. But if you know the story of The Passion of the Christ... Mel Gibson, who directed and produced that movie, um, it's of the final 12 hours of Jesus' life. And a lot of people have criticized the movie as being anti-Semitic, that somehow it points the finger at the Jews. And Gibson has gone on record very publicly to say he never pointed the finger at the Jews. In fact, he said, all of us are responsible for Christ's death. And in the movie, many people, Some people know this already. You know, Gibson never appears on screen except for once. He makes a cameo, and this is the scene. The hands, oh, that's sorry, that's it. The hands that nail Jesus to the cross are Mel Gibson's hands. And the truth of the matter is, is I wish this was some isolated incident, but how often do I sing Hosanna, Hosanna, praise him, praise him, on a Sunday, and within a day or so, I nail him right to the cross myself. I walk out of here, and my pride, and my purposes, and my sinful nature that rises up again and again, ends up having me crucify Jesus. My sinful deeds put him back on the cross. This morning, as we prepare for Easter, we are going to take the Lord's Supper together. We're going to remind ourselves that even through the triumphant entry, even that he has placed us in a specific place and time for opportunities, that it doesn't mean anything without the cross and without Jesus' sacrifice. They would have the Lord's Supper together, the disciples would, just a few days after his donkey ride into Jerusalem. And I want us to get ourselves right, get our hearts right before we enter into Holy Week remembering the enormous sacrifice of the cross. And the best way to get your mind ready for this celebration of Easter is to remember the pain and suffering of Friday. Listen here in the scriptures, it says, it's in your outlines there in 1 Corinthians 11, for I pass unto you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Would you come and pray for the bread, my friend? A little over a week ago, I was in, Nancy and I and a group of us were in Tanzania 
and I was asked to make a few comments, and the comments I made was, we're sharing this communion at the same way as, as we do in Lodi, California. Our God is universal. We, we prayed and we shared with him, with them, as we do here today. We have the same needs, and when we took the bread, those poor people are lucky to even have a meal a day. But the bread we're talking about is a spiritual bread. We're talking about it in remembrance of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. I pray that we are so grateful to him that he, we are separated by his, by his death. We are separated from our sin. We are made clean. We are to remember that every time, not only for our own lives, but for those who come before us and those who come after us, but also the responsibility that we have to pass on that faith to others. I pray all this in the sincerest way I know how, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Chris. This is Christ's body given for you. You know, it says after that he took the cup and after he gave thanks for it, he said, this is my blood, the new covenant, and it was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jeff, would you come and pray for the cup, my friend? bow our heads. Almighty Father, Lord, our King, Father, we uh, thank you so much for this table and what it represents. We know it means, or it, it, it's a symbol of, of uh, how death went to the cross. I mean, <laughs> Jesus went to the cross for us. Uh, he was uh, crucified and we um, know that the body and blood of Jesus was given for us. For centuries, people have been changed. Hopefully today, people will be changed. We know now people are changed. I've changed. Uh, and we know that uh, uh, there will be changes in the future. And uh, that's because... The battle was won. Jesus, our Savior, won the battle. Uh, and we're so thankful for that. Please help us to look inward. Uh, ask again for forgiveness for our sins. To uh, help ourselves change during this time. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 500 years ago, God knew you'd be standing right here, right now, partaking of the elements. And one week from now, God knows exactly who's going to be in this building and needs to hear the, ever, the life-changing message of Easter. My encouragement to you is to be a part of it, that you bring someone that you engage in it fully next week. God bless you as you go today. 500 years ago, God knew we were going to have cake after church too, by the way. Which, for those of you who are wondering about the health benefits of cake, as Bill Cosby said, the ingredients of cake are flour, milk. They're all healthy things. Hey, Isaiah, sugar. <laughs> Forgot about that. I'm going to pray for you as you go out. God, send us out on a mission to make Jesus more visible. 
God, may we embrace the fact that you have us placed right here, right now, for such a moment as this, that we might proclaim who he is and that we might show others the truth of the resurrection. God, as we stand in this moment thinking about the sacrifice, we were reminded that on that Sunday as he walked into Jerusalem, Jesus was embracing his kingship. He is still the king on the throne. And God, we embrace that and we will proclaim that boldly next weekend, God. Thank you for giving us this moment and this time to be placed where you've placed us, part of your plan. In, son, in your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you as you go.